the sage that sits in the mountaintop and meditates for 50 years on his own is living in extremes. The person that is obsessed with aesthetics and materialism and consumption to really deep degrees, it's extremes. Hi there, I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to Ceremony Wellness, where we integrate modern healing and ancient wisdom. Learn from the most impactful voices in health, wellness, and spiritual development as we guide you through the latest healing remedies and alternatives to the traditional path. I'm here to support you as you break limiting patterns, embrace your wild, and let go of the noise. It's time for us to rise together. How's your Tobo Chico? It's bubbly and delicious, <laughs> just like you. <laughs> what? Hey. I thought I was a majestic giraffe. You can be all of those things. <laughs> Are you excited for today's show? I am very excited for today's show. We had our amazing friends slash couple goals. Really? <laughs> Stefano Stefandos. They're going to listen to this and know that you just said, really? Oh, okay. And Christine Hassler. Why yes. do you say really? I don't... I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> we're taller than them? They are a couple of goals. Well, okay, barely. Whatever. <laughs> they are the cutest, most amazing, wonderful people. Yeah, Thank you for introducing me to them. You're very welcome. They are so kind and generous and have such giving hearts. And you can tell just the way they talk about working with clients and speaking in front of people and helping others find themselves and like your favorite phrase, step into their power. Stepping into so much power. Whenever <laughs> Stephanos and I got to be friends, we actually met at the gym. Of naturally. course you did. And we worked out together for a while before I left Encinitas. And we would just be like talking through stuff while we were working out, like sweating on the ground, just talking about our feelings. When we first started talking, I used to watch you guys, your videos at the gym working out and I was just swooning so hard over you. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shouts to Instagram. So I remember when you were doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you love most about our conversation with Steph and Christine? And I mean, we covered so many topics, but what did you love the most? I can't say there's one thing, not one thing. It was just, it was fun to explore our own, our relationship with another couple who's gone through it and they've done a lot of very intentional work. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like we do a good job. We give ourselves some credit for High five, our, <laughs> our communication skills and such. But it was fun because they've, they've done so much work and they also talk about their, what do they call it? Their personal development egos. Yes. <laughs> so good. Or their self-work egos, whatever mm -hmm. it was. That was hilarious to me because I think there's part of that where it's like, no, I understand how to communicate. I've been doing this. I teach people how to do this. I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. You need to get your shit together. Yeah. And that if you bring that into a kind of coaches and podcaster relationship, it can be kind of a shit show. Yeah, it can. I think for me, I loved seeing where they are now after doing so much work and being together and living together and almost getting married and all these things that they're in the middle of right now. I love when they're talking about the hard stuff they've been through and like the really dark days. And Steph, when he was on my show last week, was talking about 
um, when they were going through a lot of this work, he's like talking to things that aren't there and having complete like anger freakouts and scaring Christine. And there's all these things happening. And, and when you see a couple like them, you don't think that they have issues. And then they talk about all the work they've done to work through really tough shit. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, at least gave me perspective that we're going to fumble and it's going to be hard sometimes and there's going to be darkness and that's okay. You can still have a beautiful, successful, amazing relationship with that a part of it. Yeah. I never fumble. I, I secure the ball with both <laughs> hands. But I knew that was coming. <laughs> I've kind of got it. I don't know if you noticed or not. I have it super together. You do? Yeah. I just made Brussels sprouts. You guys, before we get into the show, <laughs> Connor just made me the most amazing bowl of vegetables and chicken yeah. sausage. It was fantastic. With hummus yeah. and olive oil and <laughs> what else? It was fantastic. Avocado. It was amazing. Remember. Thank you was, for making me out. dinner. I was, in, I was in the flow. And drinking sparkling water with me. <laughs> You're very welcome. That was really fun. I'm glad we got to do this because we were also just low-key asking for advice. We were. They were... <laughs> Literally doing a count, a couple's counseling session for yeah. two hours. I loved it. I love them. And I've known Christine for so long. And I feel like after knowing her for several years and just seeing her in different parts of her experience, and I knew that like finding a good, strong partner was something she's wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she was very you know transparent about that. But even in like just being around her, you could almost tell that... Or I could really feel that she wanted that when it came up in conversation, like it was definitely something that was on her mind. Mm-hmm. And and I think for a lot of women, especially, you know, in your later thirties, you can kind of get to where you feel like, I can only imagine you feel like it's, that you're broken mm-hmm. or something's wrong. And like, you, it's like patience is the hardest thing in the world at that point. If you, especially if you want a family and you have all these things to consider and she's highly successful and all the factors that play into that to see her match up with someone like Steph, it just makes me happy to see Mm -hmm. all that go down. Yeah. No, they're so amazing. I'm so grateful for them. So this show is a really special one because we've never sat down with another couple and done this. So definitely a bucket list moment for me, especially with those two. But I want you guys to take a second and do me a favor and listen to my amazing girlfriend, Megan. And she was at our gather event a few months ago, earlier this year. And she had some incredible things to say about what it was like to be in that room with so many amazing women. And it will give you a little glimpse into Ceremony Wellness Live coming in October. Holla. Holla. I've had the pleasure of knowing Kelly for many years now and am so excited for her on this journey and everything that she's doing for women, for herself, and this journey that she's helping so many of us on. I think that as a woman, being a part of this space is so important. Kelly does an incredible job. I promise you, I've never met anybody who is a better collaborator, supporter, and encourager, that's a word, than Kelly. She really is the epitome of everything that she represents, every part of what she's trying to do in her intentions on, you know, really the fabric of who she is. Um, I've been so lucky to be close to her. She's been such an important mentor in my life. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm like gonna get emotional. I'm just. I'm just so appreciative of Kelly and 
this space because it's what I need to. This is a space where I need to heal. I want to learn more. And Kelly's really giving women, myself, herself, the platform to be our best self and build a community like many of us have never had before. So very excited and thank you. Before we start, can we tell them about Ceremony Wellness Live? Because I was telling Steph um, yeah. about it and he was pretty sad that they're not going to be here. Uh, we're in Europe then. But if you were going to be here. If you were going to be here, yeah. Connor's speaking, which is going to be pretty epic. That's what are you talking about, babe? I, I don't know. You haven't decided uh, yes, yet? Yes, I know. I'm going to talk about experience and expression. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, the influx of experience and expression and boundaries on shame and experience. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. It's going to be super fun. But we have an entire day, yeah. October 5th in Los Angeles with a bunch of different healers, my doctors, my Ayurvedic doctor, oh, wow. my functional doctor, Dr. Lekos, and a bunch of different thought leaders and just amazing people. So if anyone wants tickets, they can go to kellytenant.com slash live. Come hang out with me and Connor and yeah. the whole crew. And not us. And the squad. Not, so not sad. I'm so sad you're not going to be able to come. Do you want to hang out with us? Come to London. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm in for that. You can handle the event, right? I'm just going to go to London. Well, with hang him. on a second. <laughs> You and all the girls. Yeah, it's like me and the three guys <laughs> hanging out in the corner. Perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very overwhelmed. But my estrogen levels are going to go up that weekend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> his, sure. his testosterone is through the roof apparently. So he can yeah. share some with you. Wow. Yeah. How's you, how you doing telling that? Me. Well, I don't know now if it is, but back then we were telling the story when I was just on the floor crying. And I'm like, I'm going to get my fucking testosterone checked. And it was at the high end of average. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep crying. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I'm not, I've, I've gone in there and been like, yeah, how are you still alive? Your testosterone yeah. is like below old oh. man. Like, oh man, I got to do something about this. Oh no. It feels good when it's back to normal though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it probably helpful. Steph, I want to pick up because we, we were on a, on a roll with uh, talking about men and leadership in relationships. So I would love for you to kind of pick up where you were talking about that and then we can... Yeah. So I was just, what we were saying was that there's, there's, an, there's something organic and natural that happens in a flow of relationship when a man assumes a particular role. And, and this, in this context, it's leadership. And when that man then governs himself, believes in himself, takes himself through the relationship in such a way that he's confident believes in himself, he knows himself, he understands himself and he does the same for his partner. And so the, the best thing to, to do for that is, is I'm, I'm going to look at Christine here for a moment and I'm going to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to ask you a question. When do you feel most safe or when do you feel most happy? Or when do you feel most content and calm in the relationship with you and I? Well, most times, cause you do a really good job <laughs> of that. What do you mean um, most? <laughs> we have our moments. Means most. We're human, like right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> whoa, 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 this is, this is most. Cut this. This is the most. <laughs> so, uh, you do an amazing job of creating a safe space. So, there's a couple ways when when you're leading, taking my opinions and preferences into consideration, of course. But when you're leading, when you when I feel like you've got it handled, when you're making decisions, when you have dominion over your own emotions, Mm -hmm. like if you get upset, I see you contain not contain it, but process it, move it through. Have a healthy relationship. Yeah, it doesn't go off the rails quickly. When I'm upset and you can just hold a space for me and you don't try to fix me and you just talking about that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you just hold a space for me to emote or ask for whatever I need. 
There's lot there's lots of ways. And I think also just in the level of trust we have, the work that you've done before we came together and the the space you cleared out. Mm. I don't feel like there's a lot in there that, you know, demons and past stuff that you're still dealing with. <laughs> so because of that, I feel really safe. Yeah, and I will bank it out. Mm. Well, and we were talking about you feel like you have more space in your body than you ever have before. Yeah. And that's something that I've been talking to a lot of people about is coming into a relationship and coming in having created that space for that person, for that love, for that receiving, the ability to receive. I think that's something that we all deal with and we're not very good at for so mm-hmm. many reasons. Mm-hmm. Especially women. Especially women. How did you guys create space before you came into the relationship? Oh gosh, how long is the podcast? I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was so many things. I mean, I really started... I mean, I saw my first psychiatrist when I was 11 mm. and met my life coach, spiritual teacher, my first one when I was 22. Um, so it's been... Uh, it was a long time of unraveling things. But I think the the biggest space I made was... I got married in my 20s and then divorced like right at 31. And everything that I processed around the breakup of that, it wasn't just about the breakup of that marriage. It was every relationship that I've ever had, issues with my father, issues with my mother, my own insecurities, like where I showed up in relationships inauthentically, where I emasculated, where my own masculine was. So it was clearing all of that out and then really discovering who I was, just like independent of job title and the way I looked and all of those things, like really figuring out who I was and clearing out trauma. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think that was the biggest space mover was clearing out old wounds and traumatic experiences that put walls around my heart that were my defense mechanisms that that made me either push people away or compensate in other areas or show up inauthentically in relationships. Mm-hmm. What about you, babe? Very, very similar journey. It was really clearing out the, the past, but more importantly for me, it was coming to terms with and being very honest with those parts of me that I wasn't happy with, that mm-hmm. I considered to be ugly, that I was embarrassed of, that were very painful to look at, the shame, the, the parts that were shame, the parts that were embarrassed to be seen, the the angry parts of me, I was, I was so angry, so aggressive, so frustrated. My temper was so sharp. I just, that, and that was an embarrassing thing for me for so long. And I remember my friends would call me the sledgehammer because at, at the pin, at the, at the drop of a pin, I would just explode if someone said something that I didn't agree with uh, or that I didn't, that I didn't appreciate or didn't like. If it, if it questioned my belief system or my, what I thought to be true around the world, I would just get into this hyper-defensive, aka attacking mode because that's what I grew up with. That's what I witnessed. That was the norm for me. So really clearing that and coming to – firstly, coming to peace with it. Firstly, acknowledging it, really acknowledging it, owning it, being responsible around my own actions around that and, and not being entitled and then being accountable to that and then accepting that and then working with that and knowing that it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a demon. It wasn't something that – was this tumor that was on me. And my, when my relationship to it changed, I began to shift behaviorally out into the world and how I interacted with people. I became less reactive and more responsive. I became more open-minded, more accepting, more compassionate for myself and for others. And that was a big thing for me as well. That was a big part of it. I think another big thing is I, I cleared out my ideal partner like, mm. situ- you know, list. 
(laughs) (laughs) I, I really made space for universe whatever to bring forward like who really was my best like soul match. And I also let go of the expectation that anyone was going to save me. Anyone was going to come and make my life better. Anyone was going to complete me. So I think that was another big place where I made space for someone to just show up as they were Mm -hmm. because I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't looking for him to come in and fit this mold of what I had as my like ideal partner list or what I had on my vision board or any of that (laughs) crap that (laughs) we can bullet point and go back or bookmark and go back to that. But it was just like creating the space for, all right, like really what is the most aligned partner Mm -hmm. and how can I create that space for him to show up as him so I can show up as me and we can look, I call it a side-by-side partnership. We have two people standing side-by-side looking towards similar values, similar visions rather than each other to complete them. Mm. How different is he than your ideal partner that you wrote down? Um, in, you know, in some ways, very similar, but in some he's different in ways that he shows up for me and fulfills needs in me that I didn't even know I had. Like I, I couldn't even write down the things he does for me and the way he shows up for me because it's so much better than I could ever even imagine. You know, how are you different than my list? Well, I'm not from America. You're not from not America. America. Yeah, you're not from America. You're definitely a lot more um, uh, free-spirited, rough around the edges than, than maybe my my uptight Texas yeah. girl uh, scene, you know? That's so funny. Yeah, but Very tatted. Very tatted. Yeah, yeah, that was not on my list. Yeah. Hmm. That's so funny. Potentially That's... more to come. Yeah. <laughs> no! oh, do, we, do we have plans for more tattoos? You tell. I'm either going all in or, or I'm not. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It was funny. I got that. I got that last night. It was like, would you ever get a sleeve? And I was like, I have one planned. I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah, from my parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, was it your parents that asked me that, or was it you? I, I just felt there was I a lot of ju- in that moment. I was like, this. I gotta. It was like, should I just say no? Just yeah. to like fly by, or just be honest about the fact that I'm probably about to get a a lioness tattooed on my left arm. <laughs> well, we were joking because he's like so... What is it? Like not straight cut, but... Well, I went from having like a nose ring and hair down to like past my chest to looking like I can be a GQ model. Yeah, yeah. yeah so GQ, I mean, haircut wise, I don't know about all that, but yeah. you know, like, hair, like just I'd look more straight edge than I've ever yeah. looked before. Or that than I have true. in a long time. Yeah. Maybe then people have the wrong idea that I might be a responsible human being now. <laughs> it's funny how perception... <laughs> people look at you different when you... Oh, completely. Like, I would have oh, yeah. like, before and after sleeves. Like you get... There's a different thing. Yeah. And I realized I got the nose ring because I knew I was cutting my hair. And I knew that it was... I need something to like hold... I need something to hold on to that's a little bit <laughs> even kind of edgy. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the best move, but... But now you're with me and you don't feel like you need any edge at all. Like, yeah, well, what did I so, do to you? It's too much. You're so shit. hardcore. You're just so hardcore. You're so punk rock that I don't feel like you have to... <laughs> you're, he was playing like headbanging music this morning. I'd never heard oh, before and it's not my jam. And I was just in the car. And it was awkward. It was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in my life. It was adorable. It was Trying. Yeah, I think that there's I think it's funny when you think about meeting a partner because that's someone that, that meets you in ways you didn't know that mm-hmm. you, you could or that you maybe meet you in a way in, in areas of your life you didn't know you could be yeah. met. Because you can only make you can only make a list off the context that you have. Right. And then it's, it's very hard to be surprised with your list. Totally. And and it's usually one of the things on that list is like, let's me be myself. Yeah. While I'm projecting all of this shit onto them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get away with anything I want. And 
they just say, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between controlling and surrendering. It's mm-hmm. the difference between like really doing your work, letting go and trusting that. And I don't think this is just some woo woo thing. It's, it's an, it's an energetic thing. It's, it's, and we see this not just in relationships. We see it in work situations. When you're in alignment, opportunities, people, the things that are most aligned and authentic show up for you. Mm-hmm. But when you're fooling yourself, then teachers and lessons show up instead. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how we felt when we met. We we felt like we had made the space and we were more in alignment in our mm-hmm. own lives. And then, I mean, I joke about this, but I do mean it. I feel like he fell out of the sky mm-hmm. and was so much of my list but then so much more. But I don't think that I could have had that had I not worked on so many different things in all aspects of my life to allow for that because I wasn't in alignment for so long and I was forcing everything Mm -hmm. and being such a control freak. So that's what I kept getting. Mm -hmm. Energetically, you're putting that out and that's what you get back. And then all of a sudden things shifted and then he showed up and I was like, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) 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 You're very cute and different. (laughs) I think it's it's funny for me because this is kind of the similar timeline was that I... I started thinking about for context, we've been doing this for a few months. So we're mm-hmm. not like, I'm not gonna pretend I don't want to be that person that pretends like I have it all figured out no. and in, you know, I say a handful of weeks, but I, I started getting clear and something I'd never done before who I like the man that I want to be in my life in yeah. general. And I started that was actually became my mantra after for this year was that I write usually write a mantra for a extended period of time. It could be I remember I wrote how you do anything is how you do everything mm-hmm. for two years in my journal. And then the next thing was, uh, I mean, it's, we go through these series, right? And the one that came up was be the man you need, you need to be. Mm. And that started, I started getting, every time I'd write that down, as a, at the beginning, it's kind of like, it felt almost uncomfortable. It's like, oh, what, what am I calling myself out on? And then it was just the filter that I started running things through. So it became a really clear mantra for me. And that came up several months before you and I met. But that was, it, that was my form of, running things through that mantra filter is kind of what I do. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where the space comes. And it was for the first time in my life, it had been around what kind of man do I want to be in my life as a whole. And then that was able to then translate into what kind of partner I want to be for someone. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I have that, that, you know, that filter on my life and my actions and the way that I perceive things, it makes things a lot more clear and a lot more genuine. What yeah. kind of man were you feeling like you needed to be? Well, I thought that I... In my life, I had, I didn't take in myself very seriously, which is kind of fun. It's kind of on brand, I guess you would say. But there were certain things where I want, I felt that I, I, they had like, there were certain parts of my life where I felt like that had expired. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now it's time. Like, I don't want to use the phrase growing up, but it was kind of yeah. growing up, you know? Yeah. That's not such a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, there was, and it started understanding the difference and through that filter started understanding the difference between being childish and being childlike mm. and how you can be, a, you can, you can be a responsible adult that's childlike absolutely without, but you don't want to, you know, you kind of self-rationalize not taking yourself seriously because you have this childish nature that you get validated for. And that doesn't necessarily have to go away, but you kind of think or I kind of think that I, I felt that I would have thrown it all the way. I think like all of a sudden I would have been like Peter Pan, like, a, you know, in Hook, where I just I take myself <laughs> too seriously or yeah. whatever that cultural narrative plays out a bunch of times where it's like, you, it's, all, it's all or nothing. When you got to find the, the moral of all those stories, you find the middle ground. Yeah. Right. And I think that was, that was a really nice place for me to, to a nice thing for me to work through this, this year. And then it seemed like when I was ready, you just kind of yeah, fell out of, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
which wasn't what I was expecting at all. Yeah. But I've been told by other girls that I had kind of dated before you and the year before you that I had, that my heart wasn't open. And I just kept thinking that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not true. It's just, I think that's you telling yourself that so you feel better because I'm not interested. But, <laughs> but it was, we had that conversation. I was like, it, I just knew, I started having this feeling like someone's going to show me something different mm-hmm. and I'm going to feel something different. And then it just happened. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah. I would love to get your guys' perspective because I know you moved through this rather quickly and we were just talking about kind of laying everything out on the table and how that really allows for this sacred partnership um, and how you guys were able to do that so quickly and just become that open and vulnerable to each other. Oh, honesty. Honesty and willingness was a quite a big part in that. I mean, we, we were introduced by mutual friends and we were in physical, different physical locations that we were... But not uh, just like LA, New York. We were... No, we were 11,000 miles apart. Australia and California. (laughs) Bump, bump, fuck Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly bump, fuck. (laughs) You have like electricity and... We we, we had some electricity. You know what an Aborigine before? No, no, no. We weren't in in any remote colonies. That wasn't on my list. No, we weren't weren't in any remote colonies. Uh, I wasn't in the outback. I was in a major city. We're just in a very isolated place. But we were. We were 11, about 10, half thousand miles apart mm-hmm. and so for us to cultivate any sense of real meaningful connection i think we had to get real really had to get real yeah it like is it, is it worth it is it yeah. worth really you know mm-hmm. pursuing something because i didn't want this another type of relationship i talk about a fantasy relationship where you're just trying to make someone into something that they're not and even before we were introduced when my friend renee who was going to introduce us said, do you want me to find out if he's single? And I said, no, find out if he's relationship ready. Mm. She phrased it another way, but I... Basically, I, like you said, open heart. That's yeah. how she phrased it. Yeah. Is your heart open to receiving being in an, in an intimate relationship? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he really relationship ready or not? <laughs> Throw away the, the spiritual, yeah. nice, nice <laughs> language. <laughs> is he ready to commit or not? And it wasn't because I was itching to get married or anything like that, but... I'm all in in all aspects of my life, you know, in terms of my spiritual development, my personal growth development, my my business, all those things. And I was at the point in my life where I just didn't want to fart around anymore with somebody, you know, and I didn't, I, that was part of my learning is dating men who I knew weren't ready. Their hearts weren't opened, open and thinking that somehow I could magically change them mm-hmm. and learning the hard way that that doesn't work. So I was, we were both clear inside ourselves and I think we both wanted a really epic relationship. Both of us, since we were young, have wanted that. Not in a fantasy way, but really like, I want a partner to grow with, to, you know, to to impact the world with. Like we just both had a vision for that. And that was a big part too, is is part of that two people walking side by side, values looking in the same mm-hmm, direction, yeah. values and vision. And the other thing that, you know, was so great about the beginning of our relationship is because there was the physical distance. We didn't have the, you know, hormone, like physical, able to touch. So we didn't get lost in any of that. And and we had to get to know each other mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Also, and, spiritually. Yeah. and so it was kind of like, what do we have to lose? You know, and he, Stephanos came up with the idea that we'd ask each other five questions every day. So he'd write the questions that I'd answer five, and then he'd answer his questions. And the next day I'd write the five. Wow. And sometimes they were funny, like what animal would be president? What animal make best president? And some, <laughs> yeah, hang on. What, what animal would make the best yeah. president? 
Well, I can't remember what I said. I can't remember what you said. Did you say monkey or something? No. Are you sure? Did you say something stupid no. like that? No. <laughs> I think First I went, of all, monkeys are not stupid, but anyway, go on. No, of course they're not. But I mean, I, I can't see a monkey being a president of the United States. Well. well. <laughs> I was waiting for it to go well, there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, I would have said something very masculine and aggressive, like a lion, a lion or a lion bear or something. Or a bear. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, probably. I think I said lion. I can't remember. I think I said lion. Or dragon. I think I said dragon. Did I say dragon? A, a mystical animal. Did you guys save mean, all these answers? Yeah, but they're part yeah. of our immigration application. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> our WhatsApp, our WhatsApp uh, transcript was like this thick. The immigration guy was like, you know, I don't, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> you that. guys are real it. weird. Yeah. You guys are like, he flipped through it. He's like, oh, I see lots of love hearts. And he, he did look through it, but he's like, you can keep it. <laughs> uh, but that was, yeah, that was a big part of it. And um, yeah, just, we wanted it. We wanted we wanted to go for it. And yeah. I think it's also what both of us teach. You know, both of us teach authenticity, being honest, you know, going for, for what you want, doing the work. And you know, we really wanted to live in integrity with that. I, mean, we, I want to share a story when I was in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one where we spoke that morning? Yeah. yeah. That was a good story. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a good story. Okay. I think it's good. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I'm going to go another well, adjective on top of that. Now you're setting the bar. Yeah. I know. It's yeah, not that good. Epic story. It's not that good at all. <laughs> but what it, what it is is just an it's just an example of being real. And so we were a couple of weeks away from meeting, and Christine was just very very busy at that point, getting ready to go to Europe, and she had a lot on. She had seminars, workshops, speaking engagements, flying different all places over. around the uh, the US, and I just, I'd left Australia. I was in Europe. I. Yeah, I, I'd I'd come off a very interesting medicine journey that night, and I had some few a few revelations. It was a very deep, dark journey, very very deep, dark journey, and I wanted to speak to her. And I just I yeah, again never having physically met a couple of weeks away from me. It was maybe a week and a half, two weeks away from yeah, a week That's and a half that, away yeah. from meeting. And I just said, look, I I need to, I'm not I'm not feeling this. I need to know that you actually still want to connect mm-hmm. because I'm not going to waste my time coming from I had Estonia. pulled away a bit she pulled away a bit and there were reasons why she had done that and then and we we just had that discussion there it was similar to what I was mentioning earlier around that when I was pushed to my edge of that 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 desperation coming mm. through but it was very very subtle and because Christine's aware she picked up on that and it wasn't just that as well she was coming from her wounding too and the the reality is I was giving her yeah <laughs> What wounding? What <laughs> wounding? I was totally spiritually evolved when we met. <laughs> and and she was coming from. I mean, I was giving her love in a very genuine way, and that was real, and that wasn't. Um, but when she wasn't receiving that, that's when my wounding came out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's and the, anyway, we had that conversation. It was a really beautiful conversation, and so I use that as an example around from the beginning. I really, and I won't speak for Christine, she'll speak for herself, but I really promised myself that I need to I need to be on point. I want to be on point with this. And it wasn't difficult. And it we'd have the tough to conversations. Yeah, we'd, mm-hmm. very, yeah, we'd have tough conversations. We wouldn't like sure. pretend things were okay and just do, do, yeah, sweep it under the rug. Definitely not. And and, they, and back to those questions that we were asking each other, that was some asking each other some fairly potent questions around sexuality, around relationships, around vision and dreams and, and around pain points and wounding and history and, and you know, what's some of the biggest pain points you've experienced and the greatest fear. Do you have any fears in your heart now? If so, what are they? How do you deal with them? And this is 
you know, a week or two into connecting and communicating. And, and so we really did make a commitment to not just go deep, have fun. We laughed a lot. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was that type of commitment. Do you guys feel like that's just what's missing is people are not willing to ask those questions? I think it's part of what's missing in yeah. relationships. And they don't know what yeah. questions yeah. to ask. They don't know what questions to ask. We yeah. were actually at that, at that Mark Groves seminar in LA who mm-hmm. to create the love guy, which I didn't know much oh, about. Oh, he's, Can- he's Canadian. Yes, yes, from Vancouver. Yeah, he's, yeah, great. Yeah. he's 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 great. And it was it was funny because I was there. We were all there together, and it was like us and then another couple, and we were hanging out. And there were so many single women there, yeah. and we were just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was like the, that room, which I was like, dude, I wish I would have invited all of my single guy friends. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> I so was that girl for some. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, this is where oh, they need to be. This is, this yeah, is, yeah. Um, I always told guys go to yoga classes and personal development yeah. events. Like seriously, that's, that's what all I tell, you that's need to do. Forget women. the bars. I tell women the same True. thing. I'm like, go to if you want to meet a guy who's done some some kind of work somehow mm-hmm. somewhere like yoga class is a great way to do it mm-hmm. because they're at least they're, they're there yeah right? they've already kind of overcome that boundary of yeah. this is weird but one thing he said or one thing one of the women's asked one of the women asked a question and it was about getting rid of relationships that no longer served her i think is mm-hmm. what she said and she used, used that language and i got to thinking i was like when did that phrase by itself become popular like two or three years ago mm-hmm. maybe Mm. So I think language and having the questions and having the language to articulate yourself and, and, and even putting things through that filter is important. Yeah. We don't think about the fact that reading a book like Expectation Hangover gives mm-hmm. you a, a set of language and, mm-hmm. and a dialogue that then you can then use to express yourself and kind of increase your repertoire of, I would say, our express, expressive phrases. Yeah. Like, there's something to think about. And then having the questions that you know to ask are so, is so helpful. It's so helpful. And I think our whole model of relationship is changing because it used to be, you know, you find someone early in life, you marry them, you have two kids. And, you know, just like our, our career visions are changing. We don't get one job out of college and just stick with it. it it's, we're starting to learn that relation, you, you go through a few relationships that have expiration dates. Mm-hmm. So you, you learn and you grow and you have many soulmates in terms of people you can learn from. But like, I, I believe that, well, we believe that then there's a person who's really, or we can call it a twin flame. You can call it whatever you want to call it. We don't need to get into words. But <laughs> I think the old success definition of relationship was how long it lasted. Mm-hmm. Mm. And now it's shifting more to what you learn and how much you grow. Yeah. And I think that's a much better way to measure the success of a relationship and also to know when it's done. Mm. It's like, have I learned? Am I just kind of beating my head into the wall, learning the same lessons? And is the next lesson I need to learn to leave this relationship? That's a, such a good question. And that's, it's like, is the, is the lesson you're learning right now how to stand up for yourself? Right. It's like you get, you get all, the, all the things, but you have to create this... By ending a relationship, you create the space to then digest... All the stuff, exactly. all the stuff that you just put yourself through, mm-hmm. created yeah. for yourself. What so many of us don't do, and we spoke to this earlier, is the solitude piece, is that we don't give ourselves a space to digest that mm. that that experience itself because we're just wanting to go to the next thing because we're trying to avoid to feel sometimes the pain that comes from that deep reflection and digestion. Yeah. yeah. And I did that a lot. Something that we were discussing earlier, Steph, is the ability for men to not fix things, to, mm. to hold that masculine posture and to allow the woman to feel the breath and to feel your strength and your confidence in that space. And I, 
as he was talking about that, I was thinking about you the other day when I was crying in the middle of the day and I was feeling those dual emotions of like laughing and crying and I felt so confused and I was like, what's happening? And you weren't fixing things. You just, you stood there and, and you held me and I felt very, I felt a shift in myself because you were confident and you were calm. And it's just such a different dynamic that I think so many, especially young men, mm-hmm. rush to fix things. Mm-hmm. And even women, I'm a fixer and a helper. I want to fix everything and make it better. <laughs> and I know that about myself. So it's interesting for me to be in a relationship with someone that's not rushing to fix things. And he's just holding. And, and that's enough. And knowing that you're confident in that enoughness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that to receive? It was amazing. Mm. It it makes me uncomfortable sometimes yeah. for sure because it's new, but it feels so good that I don't have to be the one to to do everything and and figure it all out and just being with someone that will be in it with me and letting it be okay yeah. and experiencing the process. I think it's it's also true for wi- important for women to learn how to hold space for men yeah. without going into like overmothering, mm-hmm. over caretaking or freak out. You know, because I think a lot of women, when they see their man, quote unquote, fall apart or go into something is like, oh, are you going to be okay? Like what's happening? If you go down, everything goes down. And and for women to really be able to hold our space and our feminine and just be like, I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here. I love you. You're you're still a man. Like, I, you're, I have total confidence in you that you're going to sort your way through that. And that's one thing I always try to do for Steph when he's upset is just... Because I can go into CEO mode and be like, well, we did this, this, <laughs> yes. this, 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 or panicky of shit, is he going to be okay? Like, what do I need to do to intervene? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it serves you far more when I'm just like holding in, like nurturing you and loving you, but also well, like... and compassion. Yeah, knowing that Simple like you that. have, you're going to figure this out and I'm here with you. You have, tr- you have trust in me and my ability mm-hmm. that... I'll move through whatever I need to move through and I'll, I'll hold my own regard and yours in, in the highest of, of, of regards. So I'll hold my own interest, your interest in the highest of regard and that there, that, that faith that a woman has in, in her man is, is everything. That's mm-hmm. very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's because it's really it's the antithesis of emasculation. It's it's <laughs> it's nice, and and it and it gives us an ability to work through our shit and work through our stuff and be present to what's unraveling without having to worry about what's my woman thinking of me or how does she feel or is she okay? And because then again, that's just another. It's a form of distraction. It's a form of avoiding the issues or the pain points that are coming up right now. It was funny when you said earlier. Um, you told you used to tell her, "Don't be a man. Yeah. <laughs> Stop no, being a man." That. She loved that. It reminds me of him being like, he he always jokes. He's like, "I'm going to tell you to stop being my mom." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that'll get me to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I said that the other day as a joke. Yeah, you were doing something, and you were, and it was like in your face. I'm like, oh, that's that's a that's a thing. That's a, that's a thing. I'll bookmark that. Mom mode over here. Well, something you said too is is the trust, and that's one that's. A, Starting out a relationship feeling super trusting and trusted, because mm. when I look at that and you're you're having an emotional response or reaction to something and you're working through something, and this is the thing I've said, I said, do you want to talk about it? This happened twice. I said, do you want to talk about it? And you go, no. And I was like, okay, but I trust if you need to talk about it, you'll talk about it. Mm. I don't need to like pry it out of you. Well, and I that will, was the, that was the thing that was really helpful. I felt. Yeah. No, I agree. The reason. And this is something I actually wanted to ask you guys about because this is new for me. I 
I don't want to bring past relationship stuff into our relationship that's mm-hmm. sort of negative um, and that doesn't feel good and that I don't think has a place within us. And so the times that he's asked me that, both times have been because of that. I'm processing things from my past that I don't really want to talk with him about. I don't think that feels right to me. And I don't know how you guys navigate that, but that's just kind of where I am. And so it's like, you're my person. I want to talk to you mm-hmm. and like work through things with you, but not on this one. Like, are you processing stuff that's coming up about actual exes or patterns of your own? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like, I don't think there's any rules when it comes to relationships in, in, other than the ones that the couple creates. Mm-hmm. But I'd ask him. Wait, what? <laughs> ask, ask him what? Spot does he want me to bring it into it? Yeah. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, you know it that. doesn't. I already know that. Yeah. It's just my own thing. It's more about it's more about what makes you well at a certain point, right? Right now, it hasn't negatively affected us at all. Right. And so you until it gets to a point where it feels like it's a separate a separator mm-hmm. is when it becomes mm-hmm. a thing. Because again, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And you but you also know that it's not because I'm insecure or that I'll get triggered or that it, that you're not allowed to say something mm. that it would bother me. Yeah. But if you don't feel like it's something that you want me to, that, that, that I don't need to know, yeah, that's fine. But if it was like you were feeling distant and things were going weird, does that, does that make any sense yeah, at all? Yeah, I think it, I mean, if, if there's still ties, like emotional or energetic ties to past people, then I would say that's something you work out with your own coaches, your own friends, mm-hmm. like your own people. But if it's patterns or old yeah. fears or, you know, my ex used to, like if he is out and you can't get a hold of him for six hours and your ex, when you couldn't get a hold of him for six hours, meant it was cheating. I'm just making stuff up. Right. And he was cheating. Then to say to Connor, look, I, I got really triggered. I'm not blaming you. I, I noticed old patterns of fear went up because I couldn't reach you. And that reminded me of when my ex used to cheat on me. Right. And I'm not saying you're him. I just really need to share or like what's coming up for me. Mm-hmm. That's different than processing stuff you still haven't cleaned up with a particular person like right. in this relationship. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's interesting. So what's the difference for you? For me, it's patterns. We were talking about this earlier. I feel like I'm like mourning the death of a lot of things and mm-hmm. like the old version of me. And I can really... Yeah. And it's just, a metamorphosis for you. Yeah, that's right where now. I feel the last yeah. like 18 months of my life is just like the death of this, 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 this over mm-hmm. and over and over. And so now it's... Even the way I was responding to you last night and I got... It it bothered me and I felt insecure about what you said. And then I was telling Steph, I hadn't even told you this yet, but I started thinking, well, that's actually old pattern. I don't know that I actually feel that way. Mm. So it's like letting go of that and then owning this new person that I still don't really recognize who I am at this point and who I'm becoming. So do you do you feel very safe in the relationship? No, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, like, very. And you said that earlier. So yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the fact that that you feel so safe in this relationship is giving you an opportunity to feel like you've never really felt before. Yeah. And and so this this oscillation between oh, but I love my life and I'm so happy and everything's so good. Why am I feeling sad and why am I mourning and why am I letting go and feeling the guilt and feeling this and feeling that? Is because you feel safe enough to do so because this man can hold that and mm-hmm. he wants to hold that. Forget about if he can. Capacity is one thing. Intention and, and, and a willingness is another. It's yeah. the two different, very Such two different things. Such a good things. distinction. So good. Yeah. 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 Do we have like a buzzer or something? Like a bit like something yeah. good. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> and side note, they're both saying bothered. They can't be bothered? Yeah. 
See, it's not just an Aussie thing. I thought it was just an Australian thing. I, I want to articulate. I want to see if I can articulate something. You think that everything's an Australian Do thing. It, like Australia. You guys the, invented the leader, everything. The leader of the world. Articu- most, articulate most something. Don't come from when Australia. you say articulate something, that's an Australian thing too. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm about to get really serious for a second. Everyone, okay, serious Everyone, faces. Serious, oh, serious faces. faces. Um, so I can totally relate to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of give you a preview of maybe what's coming for you. <laughs> if it looks anything like you, I'm so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you should have seen me at eight o'clock this morning crying in bed. <laughs> so I, I might get emotional. I don't know that the feminine has ever really had, at least it's been for many, many, many years, um, really healthy masculine. Mm. Around maybe certain people, but I think more and more like the the old shadow masculine, the the paradigm that's kind of been running this show is dissolving, and men are really stepping into this healthy masculine. And I think it's extremely new for the feminine, for us. And we have over the years become so adapted to masculine ways, to having walls, to not being able to fully let go, to not being able to fully trust, because we've all we've always had our guards up. We were, at, we were at Trevor Noah last night and he was talking about men and women. And he was talking about this one study in which women were surveyed and they were asked, all right, women, if there were no men in the world for 24 hours, what's the one thing you would do? And I, I initially knew my answer. And I'm at like, night, if there at were no night, men, it yeah. Would, yeah. yeah. If there were no men around at night, what would you do? And I thought, oh my God, I'd go for a walk outside. That's mm. what I do. And then he said, the number one answer was women would go for a walk outside. Wow. And he said, as a man, I was shocked. Like, I never think it's like a bonus that I can go walk outside at night. But for women, and especially for me living in LA, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk unless it was a busy street or whatever. I wouldn't go for a walk by myself mm-hmm. at night. And so for so long, the feminine has been on guard, I think. And in relationship, we haven't really been met at that level of depth and intimacy. And now at least this is what's happening for me and maybe happening for you. I'm with this man that can really hold this healthy masculine. And so all my walls and masks and more masculine ways are like crumbling. And there's a part of me that is scared of that because that's what kept me safe for so long. But now that he's holding this this space of safety, I just feel, I feel this beautiful divine feminine coming forward. But at the same time, I feel like this death of all those adaptive, protective identities of like what it means to be a a woman because I think we've had to navigate what it means to be a woman in a more shadow masculine world. And now that more and more women are being met by the healthy feminine, I think that we're going through a identity crisis of of sorts. Yeah. You know? Well, I think particularly with women like you two who did really well in a a male dominated industry. Yeah. That's that's a whole different... Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of you got extra guards up. Extra yeah, survival yeah. strategy. It's like, yes. it's like that's, it's, it became a bigger and bigger part of your identity versus, yeah. you know, a housewife or a, or some or like a, like someone where there's a nurse even or a school teacher where it's like that's a different that's a whole different yeah. environment different where you're yeah. actually able to be nurturing in your world where right. you guys were like fuck that I can't do that that's not part of this gig. Yeah, and, and it's, it's also I think what women have been taught of what being sexy is, mm. you know, and it, it's it's a question that's been coming up for me and that I've had to ask him because I've really been going through some stuff lately. Is 
like, will you still love me when I'm falling apart? Like, am I still attractive to you even though I'm waking up in the morning crying sometimes? <laughs> you know, and I, I've, I've had to ask those questions because it goes against my image of like what a woman needs to be to be sexy and attractive mm. to a man. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of, a lot of identities breaking down. Yeah. I would love to know... We were talking about... Remind me again what the therapy is. The somatic... Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic. Sexual somatic therapy. therapy And how that impacted you, Christine. Because I know Mm -hmm. you did that before Mm -hmm. he did. And then he felt ready and called to do Mm -hmm. that work as well. Yeah. And I was so grateful that he did. Because it brought us to another level of our relationship. I was doing it. I know. I know. No. When you were doing it, I was looking for Xanax. (laughs) 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 Or something stronger. Um, I don't know what Xanax is. That's that's good It feels nice. Um, so for me, it it was again. It was, you know, sexuality was an area that I didn't quite know how to heal. Mm. You know, I knew I had a lot of stuff there from from abuse, from having sex with men. I really didn't want to have sex with. Not like that was a lot, but I think every woman, if you ask every woman. She'll say, yeah, there's at least one that one. Or even someone you're with, you have it when you don't want to or mm-hmm. something like that. And then just, again, layers of, of expectations and compensations and just like, I didn't even know what my true sexuality was. And so the work that we did with this couple, Jonathan and Heike, it wasn't just about sexuality. It was just, it was about basically all the emotional stuff that's stored in the body. But most somatic work and and most body work and most processing ignores the whole sexual region because you know it's 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 taboo to talk about or to process or anything like that. So the fact that this was like a holistic somatic release and I was able to release memories and traumas from my entire body in such like a vulnerable way. Well, it, it opened me up sexually. And by that, I don't just mean better sex. I mean, creatively. I mean, in my confidence. I mean, in terms of like my relationship with my body and how I feel with my body. So many of old body image stuff like disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that's something I see really true for women is so many eating disorders and body image stuff. Part of what is the healing process to that that not many people are talking about is sexuality. Because when you feel really, well, I'll speak for myself, when I felt really free in my body and free in my sexuality, all that obsession, like it's still there. I'm a woman living in California, but I I know the difference inside of me is the obsession and thinking that is who I was started to dissipate Mm -hmm. as well. And I became more interested in how my body felt than what it looked like. Mm -hmm. So there was, and it also, um, I feel like it helped me step more into my queendom like, and be very discerning in my yes and my no. Like that work got me so clear inside myself that, you know, when men came along, I'm like, no, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it helped be be clear when he came in. And even though like in the beginning, I kind of like pulled away a little bit, but he really held in that masculine, thank God. Um, Because I was just pulling away because of fear. No, I still, I trusted my yes and my no way more. Were you pulling away from... Because of fear, because it was, oh shit, this is everything I ever wanted. And now I'm kind of panicking. Because what? Mintox. I was Mintox. What is Mintox? Mintox? Uh, I knew you in America would have that. Finally, an Australian phrase that really is yours. (laughs) 
It was mint. Like it had a mint. There's lots of gold there. It's associated with I know mint, but what was the other thing you said? Mint ox. Mint ox? Yeah. Like a detox, but mint No, mint ox. Anyway, mint. we'll break that down. We'll break that <laughs> he was, down he was later. He good. He was really good. I think it was Not like- anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, that, that definition of mint ox. I think it was a couple things. I felt a little smothered in the beginning. And I felt like, you know, I think I got my hopes up about people in the past mm. and I got disappointed. And so when I started to feel a little too much, I was like, Christine, you haven't, you don't even know what this guy smells like. You haven't even kissed him. Oh my God, like, I say it all the time. Like, and I can't until I know what she smells yeah, like. I know. I <laughs> it's, know. A thing, it's a thing though. It is a thing. Well, How do I smell? A thing. <laughs> Am I just, all right? Just, uh, yeah. It's not like a thing you notice unless, you, unless it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I think I, I was just about you like so many times. <laughs> I noticed Sorry. you smell really good when you walked in. I thought you smells amazing. <laughs> Connor, on the other hand, I don't know, but <laughs> but yeah, I was um I was just being protective of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then once we once we met, once we physically met, and he hugged what me ha- for the first time. What happened time, when we met? We were in Greece. Yeah. I was at my hotel and you flew all night long. Oh my. To come see me. You got there at nine (laughs) o'clock and I had no idea what I was going to wear. And you came to the hotel and you got to my room way faster than I thought. And I opened the door and there you were. And we hugged. First we hugged. I don't think it was too long before we kissed. No. No. And it just, it felt like home. Mm. Like just felt like home. It It was a... It was a full like body, a, yes. Yeah. And it wasn't like butterflies. I, I cautioned against like that, <gasps> like drug-like like nervous, attraction. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, it's usually a red flag. Like you're, like, like you're watching, it's like a suspense. It's like you're watching a, mm-hmm. like a scary movie. Yeah, yes. Like when I watch Game of Thrones later, I'll probably have those feelings. Yeah. Oh, it's Game of Thrones night. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Let's not go down the rabbit hole. But no, it's funny. You know, so. it was whenever I met Kelly for the first time, and we talked for almost a month before we met in real life. There's been a, f- a handful of these moments in my in my life where I knew going into it, this is one of those things that's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't nervousness like you were talking about. It was just... It was almost... Annoying. It was a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. maybe, but not... I wasn't nervous. Yeah. Definitely. You know, everything else really, really calm. Yeah. It was just... Yeah, it was knowing. I was like, this is going to change a lot for me. I don't know how or, or what that's going to look like. But everything's gonna be different yeah. from this moment on. Mm-hmm. And you got in your car after we met. You know, oh yeah, I had like slight a slight panic attack. I had like a like a not a pan, like a, not a panic attack, but I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just had to have I had a moment to myself because it was a lot. And Overwhelmed. We were, yeah, we were talking yeah. and talking, we were very present in it, and then I got back to just being by myself for a, for a drive, and was ju- it was just a lot. Like it was almost like a little physical reset. Yeah. Myself, it was it was good. It was good, and I knew it, it felt good. It was just I was overwhelmed, yeah, yeah. with a lot of different feelings that I had. It was almost like they had been locked away in a little chest somewhere, and someone just like popped the lock, like you rubbed the genie lamp, and it all of a sudden there's all these things that I hadn't hadn't been prepared for. Yeah, I didn't know how to prepare for. Really, yeah, it was cool. Well, it's a rite of passage going from single to in a committed relationship, especially if you do it quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's the part of you that's been used to being single and on your own for however long. He's like, what's happening? I was grateful that I got, I like got rid of any other girls I was talking about before we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me it was too. like I just knew. Every time I, if I would like run into this or I would text somebody, I was just like, it was like, I'm just gonna. This is all. I'm just clearing space. Like, clearing space. I, yeah, and I felt bad, kind of, because it was not cold, but it was like, 
yeah, this is this isn't a thing, and like this is better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, which is rude and kind of hard. But I, I actually think then, honesty, even if it lands as rude, is much kinder. Than oh, leading for sure. People on stringing them along for yeah. sure. But it was nice. It was nice to go into it with like I don't have to worry about yeah anything else. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you can always build a roster. Yeah, that's not hard to do. Yeah, but it's like going and getting yourself into a place where you can go into something clear is so so much so much better yeah he felt like home to me too mm. I was as as I was walking to him before we even hugged I was like oh this is it mm-hmm. and I <laughs> hugged him and like my whole body just melted into yeah. him and the funny thing was two nights before we met I had a dream and we were at a farmer's market and I was standing there and he came over from the side and he tapped me on the shoulder and we just locked eyes and we had never met before in the dream too and we hugged Aww. and he felt like home. And then when we met, it felt exactly the same way in real life. Cool. And I was like, this is crazy. Wow, it was so that. wild. And then my body for about a month and a half was like vibrating mm-hmm. and I could not figure out what was going on. I couldn't sleep. My body was vibrating. I'm like, this is so weird. And I, I was working with one of my healers and he said, what do you think it is? And I said, I feel like he unlocked parts of me that were so suppressed and that I didn't even know or understand. And he... he and he said, he activated you. Mm-hmm. you. He turned you on literally mm-hmm. and brought that up to the surface. And it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just love that you can be with someone else. I'm getting so ooey gooey over here. <laughs> <laughs> you can... Next to the activator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 that is so good. <laughs> the activator. My brother's never gonna let you live this down. No, he's gonna he, call you that. To this? He for sure. Oh listens. wow, this is the fantastic. I'm never yeah. gonna get it. I'm never gonna get it. They could hear the end of it. So funny, but it is amazing to to be with someone that can sort of open those parts of you that you didn't know. Oh, and yeah. then there's fear around that too. I've had fear like, oh crap, this is one happening fast, and two, this is everything I ever wanted. I literally asked for all these things. The words that come out of his mouth sometimes, I remember being in scenarios in my past being like, I wish that this person had said this. And then yeah. he'll say it in that scenario. And I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, I really asked for this and now I'm getting it. Yeah. I better be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It is How wild. have you guys... When, when you have insecurities and you put them out there and you've obviously shared so much with each other, how do you... And we kind of talked about this earlier is addressing that and honoring that if you if you feel bad about something and he sort of triggers that in you mm-hmm. how do you balance not necessarily changing your behavior but knowing that that's something you have to work through mm. what insecurities do you trigger in me I, I, I can't think of any or maybe early on I guess I think well I, yeah I think early on um for me, any insecurities I had about like being enough. So I remember early, you know, Steph is very fit. And he sent me <laughs> these videos of him working out. And I had fractured my foot in April. And so much of my life, I was identified as being like kill it in the gym and super fit. And starting in April of last year, that identity started to change because mm-hmm. I had injury after injury. And, and I was nervous about that. I'm like... Do you think I have like the super killer, you know, like is this going to... I was insecure about my physical appearance. And I think I just said that, didn't I? Yeah. 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 I basically just said it. And I don't know what you said back to me, but you made me feel better. So any <laughs> any insecurity that, that I've had or that he has, because you've had him too in different Absolutely, ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it was maybe around... I'm just thinking in the earlier, in the earlier days around... 
probably success. Yeah. Like outward, outwardly projected success. I mean, Chris, Christine in my mind and my eyes is just so amazingly successful and we sh- we're in the same space and I'm more at the, I'm, not the, I'm at the beginning of that outward journey. Mm-hmm. Whereas the inward journey, sure, I've been on that path for many, many years and it wasn't that. It was just that outward journey Then how would I be perceived? How would she see me? And so when I was thinking about all that and, and really being, uh, aware of that, I just came straight out with it. And yeah. I said, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at financially. This is where I'm at. That was tough. And I just <laughs> thought, well, so hard to do. Oh, no, he did. Man. He gave me all the numbers. I gave her the numbers. I just went, I wish went deep, it's a deep analysis. I said, this is who I am. If you, this doesn't resonate with you, cool. At least I know that I can just you just better just put it out there and be like, yeah. you know, here, here's this is what yeah. this is what it is. Yeah, this, this, this is, is where I started. This yeah. is what I'm doing. Yeah, we had to do the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so hard to do. So hard, and that was so that was a big insecurity for me. And then especially coming to another another country and not having my not having my crew, not having my men around me, not you know my brothers back home, and I, I don't mean biological brother and my biological brother, but I'm talking about my my close male friends as well. And there was a lot of change that happened. So there was an insecurity around that, navigating my way around here, being restricted, not having my car license for a while. Yeah, that was, you couldn't drive. I had to drive them it around. It was just all, all, I felt all my autonomy was being taken away from me. The psychosomatic healing that we were engaged, that I was engaged on, I was just being stripped back and stripped back. And just, were you frustrated when going through the psychosomatic stuff because Christine had suggested it? Did you get? Did she get no, some projection from that? No, but okay, she cool. didn't suggest that. She actually just told me her experiences and, and, and said... She didn't really even suggest it. I, I came to her and as I, was, uh, I was saying, Kelly, I came to her. That was one her. of my moments we were talking about like the man's doing all the things yeah. that you wish other. I was like, oh my God, he's doing his yeah. own work. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, I was, I mean, I know a stranger to going deep or doing, you know, different types of work and that, it always excited me. And, and I said, I think I really want to do their work and jump on this journey. It's, the opportunity's here. And Christine was like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to gift it to you because it's, it's something that I really want to do, and she was really kind enough to do that as well. And it was it was the best thing that happened for me and for her and for us. At the time, you know, all jokes aside, it was it was it was very fucking dense. It was very very difficult, and the insecurities that came up within, having you know, showing her my neediness, which was oh, I hated that because that was as far as the embodiment of masculinity that I had practiced and cultivated over years. I was just in this place where I was just so needy and I needed so much attention. I was, I literally regressed to a little child. That was tough. That was tough. And I just had a faith and a trust that based on also what I'd seen from her, that I could be vulnerable and I could be open. And even though it was ugly, I had trust that number one, it would leave me. Well, there were times when I didn't. There were times when I didn't have that trust. I thought, am I going to be like this forever? And then there were times, and you cycle through that, but also knowing that she would see beyond the layers of what was happening yeah. to the core of who I was. Yeah. And you did. I did. You, you very much did. You very much held that. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was, I think, and that's the beauty of relationship. We were talking about this the other day. Like he went through, that was a pre, like it was like a two month thing. And I was really holding, not in the masculine, but just like, kind of not falling apart, like kind of keeping you keeping things together, like, you know, and trusting him and reassuring him yeah, and yeah. all that and not needing a lot from him. And, you know, like I shared the past, what, two or three weeks, I've really been just going through a lot and he's been able to just hold that for me. And it's not a tit for tat type of thing, but I think that's the beauty of partnership is that 
there's this dance of, all right, you need a, you need a little extra support. I got you. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I need a little extra support, you got me. And that's, you know, one of the most beautiful gifts I think of having um, an aligned partnership. Yeah. And I'll say something in addition to that as well, even though, and I've said this to Christine, even though Christine's going through stuff at the moment, she's going through her own transitions, maybe similar to yours, whatever it may be. I know that if I need something, yeah. it's it's like she can she has this ability to move out of that and be very present to me. And and I don't at the moment except for some uh, you know, business orientated things or you know, entrepreneurial orientated things. And again, she's come to the party and, and I've ensured that she's okay with that. Yeah. So I've needed some assistance with certain things and because you know, we're we're one person can't do everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not everything, not all the time. And so knowing that as well, it allows me to even hold deeper and be more present yeah. uh, to that and have greater faith that all this shit is temporary. And I think it comes down to communication too. Like I know he's really holding and I, I make sure to ask him like, are you getting your needs met? Is there anything you need from me too? And I think that that's just, chaos. that's just important for all of us to do in partnership is to you know, make sure we're taken care of, but always checking in with our partner and not being a mind reader. And I don't care how long we're together. I want to be doing that in 50 years rather yeah. than assuming that, you know, I'm I'm meeting his needs. Yeah, I think that's something... I feel like when he was talking earlier about the, just all the transitions and like things happening, I feel like that's kind of where you've been because you're navigating LA and figuring out your... your tribe of guys and a oh, tribe yeah. for guys that's more as tribe for women but you know your group yeah, of no, guy the, friends the squad yeah. Yeah. Tribe, yeah. your squad yeah, yeah. I would do, love for you to call things. your guys your tribe I mean it, they would get it they would get it I don't know we don't we're like we're just we're you know we're still new in the friendship we just call each other bros I think yeah, at this point and we just lunge around the block yeah. like <laughs> to make Instagram stories that's, yeah. that's how we get that's how we get to know each other no it has been different because I had like I had been in Encinitas. I knew I wasn't going to stay in Encinitas or San Diego area long, but I have like my stuff. Like you saw that this last weekend. I'm like, I feel fucking so off kilter because I'm like, I'm at your place and I'm trying to figure it out, trying to find a place to work mm-hmm. and then record. And then one thing that comes up for me a lot is like, I hold some resentment for myself for not working hard enough or working good good enough. I would tell mm. myself when I was a kid for my granddad who took care of me. I just took my life for granted. And now looking back on it, I'm like, man, I was kind of a shithead. Mm. You know, but I was working manual labor when I was 13. Like I could be give myself some grace that most yeah. kids weren't doing that. But in my world they were and and yeah, heavy manual labor as well. Yeah, like we started like swinging hammers and stuff and like in, in yeah. Holland Pipe when we were yeah. 13, Oof. 14. And then, you know, I was like learning how to back a pipe trailer, like a 30 foot pipe trailer when I was 14. It's the stuff that we gas would do. Lot, man. Yeah, oil <laughs> and gas is not, and it's 110 degrees and humid, humid. Like it was a different deal, but I feel like I could have done more, you know. Yeah. So when I and I'm so grateful for growing up in a town like Graham, Texas, right? Like 9,000 people, and and I got out, right? I got out, and I get to do this. I get to live on the West Coast, and I get to make content for a living, and I get to coach people and and help people make their lives better. And I'm taking people to Costa Rica next week, and and I feel like. Um, shame around, I get to do that. My brothers don't. Mm. Like I get the cool life and I've always got the cool stuff. And I was like the athlete and I always got like treated better than everybody else for things that had nothing to do with me just because I happened to be the tallest and, you know, because of some bone structure that I didn't choose. Mm. And, you know, and it just, this shit's real, right? It's like, it's like the embodiment. I feel like sometimes a lot of shame around being like the embodiment of privilege. 
And when my work starts to slip and I don't feel like I'm doing high quality work, I beat the shit out of myself mm. emotionally. And then I, I try not to like project that onto the people and just like sit and journal about it and figure it out. But all the changes have had me kind of, I was feeling a lot of good momentum and feeling very grounded and then just physical changes and not really having like a some consistency has been a lot. And you've been really good about that too, though, because it was like the other day, like you got in the car yesterday and I was like in a fucking mood because <laughs> I've been driving around trying to find a place mm-hmm. to park on Saturday in like LA. And it was just, yeah, because you had a meeting that Never was like, ran that. long and it was like, <laughs> I was like, we should have just, she should have just Ubered here. I could have stayed at the house and got my stuff done. Like, there was a million different ways. And I'm like, all oh, they should have, would have, could have. But that's come up a couple of times, but you've been so good about just understanding that. And I, and I think to give myself some credit, like I haven't projected onto you, like it's your fault, Mm-mm. which I think a lot of times happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's nothing. It's, it's just, it's this, it's temporary. It's yeah. a temporary place. And I'm going to learn something through all this. But now through that experience, I'm finding, okay, well, I value a stable place to do my work. Yeah. That's something that's important to me. Maybe didn't realize that until now because yeah. it's been so easy. It's easy where I live now. It's easy in Austin. There's places that are set up for that. Exactly. You just go bounce over to the coffee shop and it's fine. It's quiet and it's easy. That, that, that you have to choose your sacrifices and knowing that that's not that shit isn't a, isn't a reality in LA. <laughs> so yeah. make your nook at home. Well, yeah. and I think what happened that was cool yesterday for me, and we've been talking through this, is I I mean I was so codependent, like so codependent with my mom and in relationships, and over and over it just kept coming through. And I would always, and because I'm a helper and a rescuer, I would go in and I would want to fix everything, and I would take all of his emotion on, and it would be a thing, and then we'd be in it together, and then but that would make me feel validated. And what I've noticed is that even when one of us is in a mood or yesterday, both of us were kind of in a mood when we got in the car, we didn't take each other's stuff on. It was like we were processing our own stuff. And then we kind of, without talking about it, made the decision to like move forward. And we were dancing and singing in the car. And it was like, okay, we're going through this thing, but we're not going to go down this rabbit hole of taking each other's stuff on. And I think that's like a huge step to take when you realize I don't need to take his stuff. He doesn't need to take mine and we can Mm -hmm. still coexist and move forward. I mean, the whole thing was, and, and this, it, it could have gotten really complicated and been a big mess. Yeah. We just need a different kitchen table. Yeah. That was the conversation. <laughs> that's yeah. it. It's like, I don't, I just need a place to work at the house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's comfortable for me so I can set up. Yeah. That was, that was literally, mm-hmm. the, and it was, it was me sitting with it and not projecting it and just like processing it. I was like, okay, what's a, so, so that way I come to this thing with a solution. Yeah. It's like, how attached are you to the current, current kitchen or the dining room table situation? Not really. Okay, cool. Let's change it together. We're in this. And then that was it. It was mm-hmm. like, it was just like solution based conversation versus. Sometimes it needs. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. it can be simple. Yeah. Sometimes we overcomplicate things. Went to West End today. It was great. <laughs> yeah, we did. Basic bitches on a Sunday. <laughs> um, the last thing I, I want to ask you guys about is you know we were talking about this earlier is this growth together and the spirituality. I know that's a big part of what you guys do. He's not as woo-woo as me. But managing the the human experience and the spirituality. And sometimes I can get up in the clouds and I'm like, oh, I left my body 12 times today and it was so epic. And I went to my soul home and like do this whole thing. And then I'm like, but so I still got to like... Lemuria? Where is your soul home? Lemuria. <laughs> Lemuria. Is that a place? I'm not... I don't know enough yeah, about this Yeah, they live yet. in Mount Shasta. Go visit. Oh, okay. <laughs> All I know is my soul home looks like a desert. Oh. oh, that might not be Lumeria. Yeah. But um, then I have to go answer emails and like be mm-hmm. a person. Sure, sure. So how you guys navigate that and in relationship as well is like the spiritual development and growth, but also being people in this human experience. But as I said earlier, for me, I, I feel it's really one and the same. 
And it's just different expressions of this thing of consciousness projected out into this reality. And so for me, it's it's important that we just find balance in life, whether that's a, a personal practice of, of stillness or sitting or it's chanting or it's uh, being in, in silence, solitude, it's reading and then it's being out in the world and it's socializing and it's creating business and it's family obligations or, or societal, cultural obligations. It's balancing that. And I think if we're too extreme in any one expression, some of the greatest minds and greatest swamis of our time have said that it's it's so important to the sage that sits in the mountaintop and meditates for 50 years on his own is living in extremes. The person that is obsessed with aesthetics and materialism and consumption to really deep degrees, it's extremes. There's, there's, a, there's a balance, there's a middle way to be in the world, to be in the spiritual realm or the unknown, the mystery, and to be into the, not the mundane, but the everyday. And there's a balance point. And I think when we, when we find that balance for ourselves, I think that's, that's beautiful. I think that's where it needs to be. Um, again, that's not to say that you can't disappear for a number of months or a few weeks and go into the mountains and be with nature and be into your spirituality. But if you're not of the world, then why even be here? Don't they call it the return to market in Buddhism? The return to I've never heard that. So, so yeah, no. so you go on your, you like realize you need to take your time, yeah. you take your pilgrimage, yeah. but you return to market and the yeah. market is representation of like the chaos, the yeah. commerce, the real yeah. world, but you return to market yeah. a different person than, yeah. than you left then, the real world. And you world. interact differently with the world as well. I, I think I think that's a big, that plays a big, big part as well that's is huge. how we interact with what we're experiencing. For me, our relationship has been a doorway to spirituality for me. Oftentimes my spiritual practice or obsessions or whatever was a little bit of an escapism. I like how you made the distinction between practice and obsession. (laughs) Like my Oracle card deck is a bit of an obsession. Um, Oracle card deck. Yes, yes, yes. I have so many, more than several, more than several. Um, It's saying that I was was online the other day at Amazon, darling, let's get this, this, and and Christine's like, I've got like about, 30 in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no more God. decks, no more decks. We've got, we're covered in decks and crystals over here. Um, no, no, not crystals, we need more. No. Okay. <laughs> we just got four more behind you there yesterday. Oh, um, Steph put them in a little line there. That's very cute. So uh, it used to be kind of a, yeah, an escapism of like a place I could go to sort of get out of my current life and also sometimes just out of my head, which was a good thing. Yeah. Escapism isn't always bad. Deliberate distraction. Deliberate distraction, sure. Uh, but in this relationship, because there's so much just love, like real unconditional, just like love and safety, I often find spirituality through him, through him, like through our interactions, whether it's breath work, whether it's time in nature, whether it's making love, like that becomes a doorway into all of that. And it feels more embodied that way in a lot of ways. So mm. I just find that we bring it into our relationship and let it, let it express through that mm. rather. And we each have our own individual practices, but we have the ones that we do together too, mm. which we really enjoy. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love that balance as well. Thank yeah. you guys so much for being on the show. It's Thanks been really for fun. having yeah. us. Yeah, I love this. I've never done like a group 
chat like this. So fun. This is so great. And I just want to thank you guys for being such an amazing example of what is possible. I don't think that there are that many out there. And I think it's increasing and we're seeing more opportunity and possibility in relationship. But the way you guys talk about each other and show up for one another on a daily basis and support each other, it's really beautiful. And I personally appreciate it so much. And I I learn a lot from both of you. So thank you. Thank you. It's our honor and real pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Thanks, babe. No problem, baby. Thanks for co-hosting with me. Of course. Anytime. (laughs) 